Welcome to EDI on BIV. I'm Haley Wooden, Executive Editor at Business in Vancouver, and we're broadcasting today from the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. My guest today has joined this show in the past as a co-host, but today Chastity Davis-Alphonse is here to talk about DN, which offers education on Canadian history through the lens of Indigenous women. Now, as many of our listeners will know, Chastity is a multi-award winning Indigenous relations strategic advisor who has worked with more than 125 First Nations communities in BC. She's also the leader of DN. Chastity, great to have you on the show to talk about this. Great to be here, Haley. Thanks for asking me to uh, come and share. Well, I'd love to know more about DN. Maybe you can start by sharing with us the story behind the creation of this. Sure. Yeah, that's a wonderful place to start. So when I first got into my career of Indigenous relations in my early 20s, I um, spent a lot of time volunteering in the Indigenous women's leadership space with the Minerva Foundation and uh, gradually started more volunteer work in the movement of missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. And uh, I was asked to be on the Minister's Advisory Council on Indigenous Women, uh, advocating for the optimal health, wellness and safety for Indigenous women uh, all over the province um, with ministers and senior public service employees. And so I um, was immersed in understanding the history and the lived experience and the current reality of Indigenous women in BC and across Canada. And, um, And I realized that our stories as Indigenous women uh, were largely invisible or not told um, and not easily accessible. And so a few years down the road, uh, in many conversations I had uh, with colleagues and friends, um, I talked about starting an online platform to elevate and amplify and uh, Indigenous women's voices, knowledge, wisdom, and lived experiences, and have that be accessible through an uh, online training program. And, uh, and that's how DN came about. That's wonderful. And without giving away too much of the course, maybe you can highlight for us some of the key narratives that you hope people who participate will come away with. Well, the, our signature course is four modules. It's called Canadian History Through the Lens of Indigenous Women. And uh, that is um, really, it's about, uh, the, the name of it, Canadian History Through the Lens of Indigenous Women, is very intentional. So it's not about calling it cross-cultural awareness training or Indigenous awareness training. It's really about sharing our history in Canada through the lens of Indigenous women. And I think that that's what's really unique about it. And that's what the narrative is. So I'm uh, narrating the four modules um, in audio. And then we have six Indigenous women, four First Nations women, one Métis woman and one Inuk woman. Um, And I'm talking about different aspects of history, like the creation of the Indian Act, missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, uh, residential schools, the potlatch ban, 
um, the creation of Indian status and blood quantum, all of these colonial concepts and policies and legislations that were created shortly after Canada became a country. And then we have these six um, amazing women sharing about how these the aspects of the colonial history has impacted their families, has impacted their communities, and continues to impact them as, uh, as an Indigenous woman in this country. So uh, very in-depth, it's facts, it's research, and then it's um, storytelling and lived experience as well, all, all by Indigenous women. And I know when you've joined us on this show in the past, we've spoken quite a bit about reconciliation. Are you seeing more spaces for Indigenous women to tell these stories, much like the platform they have on DN, or is that still largely a gap that we have in Canada? Well, I think um, with the rise of social media, there's definitely more Indigenous women uh, stepping forward and creating platforms um, and podcasts. I know that there's a new one coming out called Anti Up that's hosted by um, some Indigenous women journalists. There's trauma-informed lawyering by Myrna McCallum. Um, and there's many social media influencers um, that uh, are creating a platform and creating space and accessibility to uh, for you know all Canadians and and uh, and people all over the world to learn about our experiences. Um, but what's unique about DN is that it's um, structured to be sort of like a university course. So you sign up and you're part of a cohort, and it's 90 days of learning. Um, it's about 12 hours that's self-directed, and you can log on whenever you like. Um, and there's journaling exercises and quizzes and, um, and live Zoom calls that are facilitated by myself. So it's really, um, whereas I find podcasts and social media, things like, like uh, any type of articles, media stories are very high level. And what DN does is really take you deep into the journey of and the narrative of Indigenous women in Canada. And I think what's unique, too, is it provides a two-way forum to some extent, right? You're not just consuming information, but there's the opportunity for participants to really engage with you and engage with the material on another level. In having run this course before, what are some of the, the pieces of feedback or the questions that you've gotten from participants that maybe made you reflect on sort of the, the education you're delivering or maybe the gaps in knowledge that exist or maybe the assumptions that exist about the narratives that are out there? Yeah, that's a great question. So every cohort, <laughs> when we have our live Zoom calls, I get asked, why is there still an Indian act? Um, and so people are really curious to, like, how do we still have an Indian act that was created in 1876? That, you know, there have been some amendments made uh, to that Indian Act, but it's largely still in its original, like, written form, and it's still largely uh, running and dictating the lives of all First Nations and Indigenous people in Canada. And so there's, you know, really um, curiosity about, like, why is there still an Indian Act? This has been so detrimental to Indigenous peoples and communities and women and children. 
And um, so there's a lot of curiosity around that. Uh, there's a lot of curiosity um, around the current crisis of Indigenous children in care, as we have more Indigenous children in care now than went to residential schools in over the 100-year period in Canada. So there's a lot of like curiosity about that. I find that there's a lot of emotions that come up for people in the training, a lot of frustration and anger. Most people are like, I've never learned this or had the opportunity to learn this history in grade school or, um, you know, in society or have accessibility to this type of training. And so there's a lot of common themes that I've seen um, since Deanne has launched around just that, um, like people with emotion wondering, like, how has this happened? How is this still happening? And then what's really hopeful for me is that I see people going, what can I do? How can I be a part of the truth and reconciliation movement in a meaningful way? DN, they're inspired to act and they're inspired to be a part of the movement. And, um, and so that's what's uh, coming. That's the outcome for most of the participants is in DN is like, okay, so now I know all of this and how do I become a part of the change? And after that sort of inspiration to act, do you guide them toward next steps or is that really steps that they need to take on their own and initiatives that they need to take on their own? In module four, we spend a lot of time in uh, helping people and guiding them with questions and journaling exercises to create their own commitment to truth and reconciliation in their personal lives and in their professional lives as well. So um, people leave with like concrete actions um, and that like suggestions of concrete actions that they can take to be a part of the movement. And then really it's up to them to be to continue that journey. And um, as DN continues to grow, we will have subsequent modules that um, will speak to other aspects of history or current reality. Um, and we've started out, we had to start somewhere with a signature course. And, uh, and we really, I really felt that Canadian history through the lens of Indigenous women was a great place to start. And next year, we're going to look at doing at having like modules just on residential schools, a module coming out just on allyship um, and how you can be a part of the movement. So the platform will continue to grow over time and uh, people can stay engaged and be a part of that DN community as they um, are on their own truth and reconciliation journey. It really does sound like what you're offering is quite a powerful experience that gives people, I imagine, a safe space to sort of challenge what they may have thought, what they may have been told, things that they may have thought were true for years, if not decades. And I know looking on your website, there's quite a bit about transformation and an invitation to transform. Can you talk a little bit about what DN means and sort of what that mission is? Sure. Um, uh, as some of you may know, I'm married into the Chilcotin Nation. And, uh, and so the, the word DN is a Chilcotin word. And, um, and my husband and I came up with the name for the platform because 
I was looking around social media at other learning platforms, at other social influencers and how they had been successful, such as like Rachel Carlisle, um, that's based in New York um, and, uh, and leading in, and on the leading edge of um, educating Americans on the black women experience. And so I did a bunch of research and, and uh, also drew from my experience of being, you know, over a decade in this field. And what I had found is that, um, you know, Canadian, this isn't a mandate for Canadians to learn, right? You're coming and you're wanting, you're intrigued to be a part of the movement. So when something's an invitation, it's not like this righteous, like you have to learn this and you have to be a part of the movement. Like when you look at like um, your human experience, um, when something's an invitation for you to come to the table, it's like, well, I can come or I cannot, right? And then there's, you know, consequences or um, that are positive or negative for not coming to the table. But it's really about choice. And I think that that's really powerful. So DN, the word DN in, in Chilcotin um, translates to a person with the power to transform. And um, in the Chilcotin communities, a DN was like a medicine person, a spiritual person that had these special powers to transform, um, you know, a negative experience into a positive experience or illness to health. But what I also have been learning about the word DN is that every human being has the opportunity to be a DN has the opportunity to transform um, their own thoughts, their own energy, their own assumptions, um, their blind spots, maybe um, some of the dominant narrative that's informed their own thinking. And so that's why the platform's called DN, an invitation to transform, because it's an invitation for each individual to transform um, your worldview through learning from the original matriarchs of the land in Canada. And that's really powerful. And so uh, my husband and I felt that that was a really powerful name um, and also felt that it was an inspiring uh, invitation for people to go, like, I have the power to transform. And DN is uh, a platform for people to come and create space and encourage them to transform. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think really that's, that's everything, right? When we talk about how we're going to change societies or communities or large organizations, it really gets nowhere unless you have individuals who commit to that and commit to sort of challenging their own beliefs and commit to sort of that invitation to transform and doing the work. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think that, you know, if we wait for government, We'll be waiting a long time. And truth and reconciliation starts as an inside job and starts as, as an individual journey and, um, and a journey to transform what we may have thought or what we may have thought that we knew about Indigenous peoples or maybe that we didn't know. And so we're transforming um, our not knowing into starting to know um, by coming to this platform. And, um, and I think that that's really powerful. And people leave empowered going, like, 
I can be a part of, of the truth and reconciliation movement by simply having discussions with my family, um, reading in books by indigenous authors, seeking out movies and documentaries that are indigenous made. I always tell people to start by, do you know the creation story of the lands that you're living on? That's a wonderful place to start. Every indigenous nation will have a creation story to the lands, um, to their traditional territory. So I always encourage people like, do you know the creation story of Vancouver? <laughs> And if you don't, that's a wonderful place to start is to start looking for those stories, to start looking for that history and transforming how we think about um, the places and spaces that we occupy. Mm -hmm. And I love how, again, with the invitation language, it's sort of an invitation to be curious about it and to ask questions. And it doesn't need to be a penalty. It doesn't need to be, you know, challenging someone saying, you don't know, how dare you? It's more, no, look, let's, let's embrace this opportunity to learn and relearn. It's very positive. Yeah. And I think that like, if you hear from people who have come to the platform that um, they have said, it's very uh, it's, there's lots of truth telling, but it's done in like a gentle inviting way. Um, and I think that for all of us as human beings, um, learning and unlearning is, can be an intimidating process. And um, in the Western society, you know, we're told not to be wrong. We're told that we need to know everything. And so when we're learning and unlearning, especially um, something you know, as intense as like Indian Act and genocide and residential schools, I find that um, it's just really more about inviting people to learn, to, to come and be curious, to come with humility, to come with an open heart. Um, and that's how the training is as well. It's not like, you know, righteous standing on a soapbox that everybody should know this part of colonialism is to keep people in the dark. That's part of how the system is able to continue to perpetuate in this country and in countries all over the world is to keep people in the dark. And so um, to be a part of breaking down the system of colonialism is to invite people into that space to learn and to unlearn. Yes, you can find us at den.ca, D-E-Y-E-N.ca. And uh, we just had a course start on November 1st. It's not too late to join us. You can find the registration information on the website. It's really easy, a couple of clicks and you're in. Um, and uh, the next course after that starts on January 4th. So a wonderful gift if you'd like to gift transformation to a family member or a loved one. We'd love to have you there with us. And um, and there's lots of also inspiring things on dn.ca, uh, some free video clips and things like that to learn more. So hope to see some of you there. Perfect. Chastity, thank you so much as always for joining the show, but for this time for joining and telling us a little bit more about DN. Thanks so much for having me. That's Chastity Davis-Alphonse, a multi-award winning Indigenous Relations Strategic Advisor, of course, speaking about DN, and you can go to dn.ca 
to learn more. I'm Haley Wooden with BIV. Thanks so much for joining us. We publish new episodes of EDI on BIV every Tuesday. You can find us by searching BIV or Business in Vancouver on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us at BIV.com slash audio. We'll catch you next week.